Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I am Chris. And welcome to DocuSweeties. That's one. You know what? We're two longtime friends to discuss the riveting and sometimes salacious, upsetting world of docuseries and reality TV. But this one's a docuseries. Where, trigger warning, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of disgusting tastes and palates. And all we will say about this is that this is disgusting and uh, even more disgusting than Subway sandwiches nowadays. Because Subway sandwich in back in the day, I don't remember being disgusting and I would never eat one now. And it's not nearly as disgusting as how this man is truly a monster, which is the name of the docuseries. Hi guys, we're doing Jared from Subway Catching a Monster episode one. I'm like, should we be sweet at the end? I don't know how to end that. Maybe. We'll see. We we, we wish that, you know, anyone who's been wronged by him has help. Oh my God, that he has a victim's fund for those people. But So is- as Chris was trying to say, trigger warning, this docuseries has a, um, talks about child abuse, childhood sexual abuse, and um manipulation manipulation by a person that has power and celebrity so if you are an older millennial or a a gen xer or a boomer you will have remembered a time in the 1990s when a person a regular degular from middle america became super famous well i mean i don't know if i would say super famous the way this documentary talks about him it's like he was like every i mean folks like said oh it was like madonna oh it was like michael jackson and my thought was oh you are from the midwest and you don't know what it's like to actually see a celebrity. So you're guessing that what Jared got was like Madonna, because the truth is, is Madonna and Michael Jackson cannot leave the house without security and a lot of it, because they have fans that would scream at them and attack them at the time of their, like, the height, right? Especially Michael Jackson. That man couldn't go no place. But anyway, so <clears throat> let's set the scene. Again, trigger warning. This is about that stuff. Um, it is 1994 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Isn't it interesting how it's like Indianapolis, Indiana, and then also Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's like they, they like did a thing. It's like, an, yeah. I think an Apolis is like a, like a Greek word for city. I think I just made that up. No, you're absolutely right. No, listen, you're right. Listen, no, that's, uh, that's exactly what it is. A city, city police, you know, like, you know, um, so I also, you guys said something so brilliant and I was going to comment on it. One more thing about the Jared, the Jared Fogel celebrity thing is just that like low key, like Madonna and Michael Jackson were like sex symbols. So like a whole part of like, you know, like that kind of like fervent, you know, like fandom, there usually is like a component also of like people being like, I love you. And you're so whatever, you know, like Jared was never a sex symbol. Not ever. Like, like, even, you know, like, even reality stars nowadays have, and, like, Kim, you know, is a different person because she kind of is, like, mildly famous in that kind of way. But, like, I don't even, I wouldn't put Kim Kardashian's fan in a sentence with Michael Jackson's fans, especially during the time. Yeah. I'm going to, can I be vulnerable with you? Can I be honest? 
Yes, always. Don't even ask. Listen, no one's here, just me and you. From about 1991 to 1998 or 9, I had actual fantasies about helping and being with Michael Jackson and helping him to not be weird. Okay. Was it like the Lisa Marie kind of fantasy where you would be with him and he would be like, Oh, this is what a woman is. And now and everyone else would look at you and his and him and be like, Oh, he like gets down. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you wanted to be his Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah. Like I really thought like he needs to be with a black woman that could just be like, no, Mike, I know that you've been around this and you've been up here with like not black people for so long so that you just like have gone astray but I can help you and I will bring you to normalcy I mean the truth is that man was so much older than me that like he would have been a, considered a child molester wait what I've never heard those two people that two thing in a sentence wait what uh oh. yeah and you know um but I wanted to I wanted to help change his image and turn it around I really was like, I can marry Michael Jackson. You were just going to sit him down, honey. Right? Me, um, me and Kimberly. Oh, yeah. Sit him, you're going to sit Michael Jackson down, honey, right in front of that mirror and be like, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his really weird, kind of eccentric, too much extra ways. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can do that. Gonna make a change for once in my life. I have to listen to it now. It's gonna. It's. I'm in, I'm in a whole mood now. I'm in a whole mood. Anyways, so. <clears throat> If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's get back. Indianapolis, 1994. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Same mm -hmm. thing. Same thing. Same place. Um, I wonder if I should just go and visit Indi Indiana. I'm not that far from it now. Like, I have no excuse to not go to Wisconsin, Iowa, maybe even Chicago, girl. I'm not far. Anyways, back on track. It's because we're diverting because this is a horrible thing. So there is this morbidly obese child person who is going to school and is being made fun of i mean made fun of in a way that his former classmates can't even pretend that his life wasn't dog shit and i mean there are kids that are overweight morbidly obese now but the way that they describe jared's specific experience is that no one would sit next to him this person didn't have any friends it was social suicide to be seen with him. So it doesn't link up with the charismatic person that we saw on TV. And it's interesting because it's not to say that if you're quiet and shy and like awkward and uncomfortable kid that you can't grow up to be a charismatic person, but it is kind of saying that like, 
it feels interesting that this person, all they needed to do from, from the outside perspective is lose weight, get a girlfriend and become normal. You know, like that's not normally how that happens. So usually it's some kind of something going on behind the scenes. And so that's what we have with Jared Fogle. Um, and they said that every day was a battle for him. And, you know, that's got to be absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, we basically have two people like in his life. This young, this uh, woman who's like blonde, who like uh, was around, and um, and his like another like male friend. But no one's really a friend. Again, it's like social suicide to be with him. They're just like other people that went to high school and like grade school that knew of him. Classmates. Um, classmates, I guess is the world. <laughs> and so it's just like it's it's very very sad, and it like you know. I knew I know what it's like to grow up chubby or whatever and be, and feel like other that way. Like they they say, you know, like yeah, he was the biggest person in the whole school, child or adult. Yeah. You and know, I don't know if I've school. ever I don't know if I've ever seen I I've I've I when I went to school there wasn't just one big kid. It was you know, there was more than one to where it wasn't like an anomaly. So it was that's that's got to be very interesting. It's got to be very like it's got to be very like isolating, honestly. So anyways, that's basically all that is about that part of his life. Then we move forward to college and classmates and people in the town were very surprised to see this kid in the newspaper of like either Renee, hi Renee, to see um to either see someone in um, the local like college newspaper. And so what had happened is, is that man lost 245 pounds in less than a year. And I don't know about any of you out there who has ever tried to lose weight, but that feels like you had a tapeworm and you were only eating two Subway sandwiches. You know, I, I'm going to tell you as my own experience as someone who had weight loss surgery, I, well, first of all, I couldn't have lost 243 pounds. So I guess that's one thing I just, in the sense that it, like I wouldn't, it was, he was bigger than I was in the sense that, but I can't imagine just losing that amount of weight in one year, I guess was my point. Like I lost, I think like a hundred and 30 pounds, maybe at my most, you know, like, and I've gained like 20 of those pounds back. Um, so, you know, it's like 110 now. Um, but like I did that, I think like in two years, you know, like, and really, and, and I mean, I just, and this person did not have weight loss surgery for all intents and purposes, you know, like I don't know if they have it back then, but basically he's just in college and he gets inspired, you know, to, <clears throat> change his life and he sort of methodically comes up with this ritual that ends up becoming I guess and now if we were, if we were to talk about eating disorders and stuff like that probably I mean a, a version of an eating disorder where you have safe things and you only can do that but it's like it's like how you get yourself out of he had to take away everything possible to just like be able to like focus on this you know what i'm saying like when i say it's an eating disorder now like we should have diversity in our lives and we should have like different nutrients and so i think that if I'm, i think a modern day dietitian would say like oh no like probably 
diversify what you're eating, different vegetables. Like this is all coming from like a transnational corporation. It's a sat sandwich at lunch, a sandwich at dinner. But at the same time, he had to get it done and the man got it done. So, I mean, maybe it's, you know, he, you know, but that's just an interesting thing. Go ahead. Well, he had a small turkey sandwich in the afternoon and a veggie delight at night. And I, I would not have until Chris said that I would not have associated this with an eating disorder because I, to me, eating disorder are just like, you know, two things, right? Anorexia and bulimia. So like, it's interesting because that's something now that I need to like deep dive a little bit because I like to deep dive things that I don't know much about. And um, I, the, literally I was like, oh, I should do that. I mean, maybe it's not Subway. Maybe it's like pot bellies. But like, can I just eat those two things and lose weight? Like, Wait, I just need to lose 30 bellies. pounds. <clears throat> they don't have it in um, in California, which is like the meanest thing ever. And maybe they do. Maybe it's like somewhere in Los Angeles. But in New York City and now in Minneapolis, and I'm not going to say now, I'm just saying now that I'm here, it's back. It is a sandwich place um, like Quiznos, but better. So their sandwiches are warmed and they only have like 10 ingredients. It's like onions, tomatoes, lettuce, Italian seasoning, oil. And then like the only mustard they have is that like hot mustard that I don't love. I don't like at all. Um, and then they put like peppers on it. So it's like, you know, when you have spice on things, it's it's already negative calories or a little bit. So anyways, um, Popeye's is delicious and I absolutely love it. Oh, Milwaukee has it too. Okay, good. Says Renee. <laughs> okay. So basically I say it in the sense of, yeah, like I think that this man got it done and like, you know, like a, when you weigh your health problems, him being 240 pounds overweight, like, you know, like it's whatever it is, like, you know, you have to get it done. So he did. And he becomes a, you know, little bit of like a town celebrity, definitely a college celebrity. There's like a little article that comes out. And this girl who had gone to high school with him in like grade school and like seen it, sees that article and it's like, what? Oh. But, Crazy, right? Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. I remember like during this time and it still happens, like, the people articles that are like, I lost half my body size. There's like, you know, certain like people magazine covers that are like top sellers, like people's like most beautiful, like as a whole thing. You're like, you know, like you were named that or whatever. But like, I remember this thing where people would just like take pictures of them and like, you know, big pants or them and next you wouldn't be able to see and like recognize them. And I technically, I mean, like I probably am like one of those people too. It's weird, which is weird to me. Like where, you know, you're like, oh, you looked very different from before. But he does, and he did it. And, you know, I wonder, like, he says that he walks to, like, I wonder if he did, like, any sort of, like, strength training, you know, or any sort of, did he just fast, at you know, did he just restrict calories? Because basically, it's what it is. Like, if you, like, this, whatever the sandwich place is, like, you wouldn't have to eat turkey, 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 sorry, turkey, veggie, turkey, veggie. You, as long as your sandwich was under, let's just say, 500 calories and your, you know, and your mealtime sandwich at night was under like 750 calories, you're eating 1300 calories, which is a, which is a smaller amount. So if you, especially if you work out, I mean, you're going to lose weight regardless if you're, you know, as long as your meal's in there. But 240 pounds lets, leads me to believe that this man was eating constantly in order to maintain that weight. I felt like he lost the weight because it was a combination of eating less, but also having a metabolism that was like, thank you, I'm free. That's a lot of weight to lose. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of like people who go on the show alone, right? When they go on alone, they go there, they try to eat as much as they can. Now they're not as big as Jared Fogle and they're not there as long as he, as long as it took. But I mean, even them, them folk, like the fastest anyone is losing weight is like 10 days in and you've lost 10 pounds, like a pound a day. He, he lost more than a pound a day. So, I mean, that's kind of how I think about myself. And I don't know about anybody else's body, so I'm not trying to say that that's what it is. But if it were me, like when I when I focus on losing weight, my body is like, oh, thank God, thank God, thank God that I'm not having to work overtime. Like my body, as soon as I like cut down on whatever and start exercising, I lose weight pretty quickly. Um, but I also, you know, I gain it. But like, you know, I so I'm like, it just feels not that I'm saying that it's not true, but if 200, like, if someone had said that this man lost 100 pounds in yes, less than a year, I would believe it. But 245 is like, did you also have a tapeworm? Like, was he also taking diuretics? Like, is he also like just shitting every day? You get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's, listen, when I, yes, listen, if he was also working out, you know, a lot, like, and then I would also say, this is doable. It's like, you know, especially for a man, it's 243 pounds, he did in 365 days, you know what I'm saying? Like men can lose weight, like nobody's business, which is unfortunate for me, great for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, men will lose weight just be like, eh, stop drinking beer, lost 40 pounds. And I'm just like, oh. You know, but I wonder sometimes if I, like, if I stopped having wine and cheese, I probably would lose, like, 20 pounds. You think so? I mean, listen, if somebody were to tell me to stop eating something and that I would lose whatever, if I had the confidence in myself, I would do it. Well, by the way, did you just say, oh, sorry, I just like, I just downloaded it. So sorry, this is because we're just talking about this. I downloaded that MyFitnessPal app and I pay for a premium subscription and I put in like, you know, my metrics and stuff. And I also, by the way, it connects to your Apple watch. So if you want, when you work out, it can add your stuff into the the health app and then like also adjust your calories thusly. I mean, if you want to like lose weight, lose weight, don't adjust your calories to work out, but whatever you, you know, do you can do you. And then it actually also will track if you track your food and it's annoying. Sure. But you can track it not just by being like, boop, boop, boop. You can track it by just taking a picture of it. And it just like guesses that's not all with the time. Right. But it also tracks every barcode on like anything, which is great. I mean, not that you would eat this rose water, but then it goes into macros and stuff like that. So, you, so like right now, like I know I have, um, you know, like I, yes, I have a certain amount of calories left or whatever. And like, I, but also like the quality of those calories is for some reason for me, like I probably should eat like, I, yeah, like low fat, high protein, high carb. So on the way I had like eight, you know, eight, I think Chinese food coming. I try to get like steamed brown rice and like cashew nut chicken and broccoli to try and like, anyway, so I mean, you know, it's, this is a whole struggle and it is a struggle for everyone. And this man, Jared fucking obviously overcomes it. Like I said, like, you know, like right. They write this article. Everyone's like sh shocked. He's the article isn't like a big deal, but Subway, you know, like finds out about it and then like reaches out to him and that's all it goddamn takes, you know, yeah. like get this man in a commercial, by the way, for me, it took a whole VA education and theater arts and whatnot. Anyway. He like became the first influencer 
from like not the first but it's it's influencer level situation because he was this everyday guy so he ends up going on this kind of tour um where subway takes him on and you know then they're like jared believes in an active lifestyle with lots of walking and people in the town that he grew up in are just are shocked to see him and they say that the reason why it was such a whirlwind is because America loves a success story, which is true. We do. Um, you know, it's one of the founding principles of like America. Just come here, except for, you know, people who are brought here unintentionally. I mean, <laughs> by, uh, against their will. But come here and you strap up by your bootstraps and you can like do anything. I mean, this man got a fiance. He got like, he got a, you know, he went from a, he, nobody was his friend to fully having sex every night with his fiance. Just kidding. I don't know if he's having sex, but you know, the, the, the opportunity to it. And then um, he ended up like just touring around the country. And so one of his stops was a place in Florida. Now, I don't know if it was Sarasota. I don't know where in Florida, somewhere in, in Florida. And he meets this woman named Rochelle Hernan who was a recent divorcee. And I found in the documentary, it was pretty interesting that they like talked about her beauty, the way that they describe or the way that they've made Rochelle a center character um, in the first episode and half of the second episode. And I don't know what happens after that because I haven't watched it yet, but it's, it's interesting to me because I'm like, why do they tell us that she was divorced, that she had two kids that she did? Like, why is all that backstory necessary for us and her? Um, and we get a lot of, oh, by the way, did we tell you guys this is on Discovery Plus? So if you are a TLC fan and you have Discovery Plus, it's on there. So that's where you watch it. Um, they So it's it's meant to be on a, on a program or on a network that has commercials because they keep doing that thing where they tell us what's going to happen in the next, after the commercial returns. But Rochelle is supposedly this pretty blonde and everybody loves blondes, apparently. And um, she is like on a second win because she's recently got divorced and she is like a local celebrity. Um, I imagine that she's like big boy from uh, 106 power. Is that what it's called? Power 106. Yeah. From power 106 or like, uh, what is that? Bean and somebody from K rock. You know what I mean? Oh, like I Kevin Bean. Yeah. She's yeah. like a, Ellen, it was like Ellen DeGeneres, or not DeGeneres, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen D, which was on like Rick D's or something like that. Here's the thing. She <clears throat> was just blonde and white. She had a good smile, you know, like, and she, you know, like, but she, uh, she I don't know. I, I want to look at this young picture of her and be like, what was your eyeshadow like then? Yes. You know, like, what? It looks because especially this, like, it doesn't, her eyebrows are thin, yes, but she doesn't have, I mean, circle-y eyeshadow that we are now seeing now. This woman, by the way, is, I will tell you this, she is, you know, the crux of the docuseries, I mean, at least in so far, like, she's her, she's, you know, gonna drive the narrative forward. Mm -hmm. In a way that she, I think that she thinks is complimentary, and when the producers start talking to her, I think she kind of gets that it might not be. And she's controlling the narrative the best way she can. And I kind of appreciate her for that. But at the same time, it's like she's trying to talk about it from a reporter's standpoint, but it's a little awkward. So let's talk about her. So anyway, she's a local DJ in Florida. And her producer tells her that she needs to interview Jared. And she's like, sure, you know, everybody knows this guy. He's like five years probably into the game at this point. Um, I think this is like in 2005. So maybe even... 
maybe even more into the game. Uh, he's a he's a he's almost a decade into like his celebrity, and so uh, no, this is in 1996. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, so, <laughs> um, so anyways, so she meets him and he comes onto the show. They hit it off, um, and uh, he tells her that she's beautiful and she's kind of into it, but she says it makes her uncomfortable. And I'm like, so were you constantly uncomfortable? Because like, you're, this is not the only person on this documentary who said that you were beautiful. So like, I don't know what is going on. Um, But anyways, her, her son says that she has a big heart, Chris. You know, also, so it's also this, she has to do two things. She has to do the radio interview. Then they have like a little like break and they should do a TV interview. So he tells her that she's beautiful during the radio interview. And then some point at like the intermission part, there's also a picture that she takes with her kids, like her daughters and like, let me Jared or whatever. She's like, look, it was a little, I was flattered, I guess, you know, you know, but she is hotter than him and he is disgusting at all times. I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, uh, body he's, he's got a week. His face, I'm face shaming, I guess. And listen, I don't mean to do it. The man is a nightmare, obviously, but no, I will just say this. He, yeah, he just was never attractive. Like, he just, he, I think, internalized, I'm sure, a lot of hatred towards himself and a lot of shame and or a lot of feeling. I think that he has ultimate incel energy, you know? Okay, I can see that. He looks like one of the um, priesthood holders in the in a, in like a Mormon cult a little bit. He's, he's giving regular degular. This one's the most regular and obviously it's the oldest one. And what one thing about him that truly makes him hideous um, is his teeth. <laughs> teeth smile. His smile's horrible. I mean, you know, like, really you know, like it's kind of, I mean, it's just, it's none of it's good, you know, like look at it there, you know, like, so he automatically looks better when he's not smiling. But also he like loses weight and gains weight because this is him heavier. He isn't the heaviest, but this is a heavy photo of him. You're right. You know what? I had noticed this. Yeah, this is like some other time because because I can tell now that he has gotten teeth work. You know, he didn't, he had oh, those ones like, you know, that's not the same. I don't know. Anyway, so yes. Um, he, he's, he is gross. He is gross. Um, he is... And he definitely has the energy of if he was hitting on me at a bar, I would leave the bar. You know, like, I wouldn't even just trust, like saying no to him. I there's something about him that I'd be like, I have to leave now. Like I I don't trust it here, and I'll never be safe again. You know. You know what, guys? I'm gonna say this. Um, my dear friend Chris Vera is like she, she wants men to be hot, and I in my no. mind men there's only five percent of men that are hot all the rest of them are regular and then there's like 25 percent that are blue and so <laughs> chris sees somebody who isn't hot she's like everything goes out the window <laughs> they are fair game <laughs> i'm gonna tell you this right now my dear friend Wa has really really low expectations <laughs> and low standards i mean she that's what it is she wants yeah. to own me but it's her yeah she's right i do i don't have expectations um i don't know if i have low standards 
but like I have a little because I don't think that anybody that I have been in public with is ugly at all at all like if I've been in public with that person I find them to be cute in the face um, <laughs> if anything else anyways so we're taking a long time to talk about the worst part of this it's a big this is the reason why it is this, this takes a disgusting turn and a turn in a way that we don't want to even talk about but we're here because Jared Fogle was such a big part of the 90s and our like childhood zeitgeist that like call me miss cleo and any other documentary that talks about characters from the 90s we will do because it speaks to us and we were there for it that's the thing i think for it like it's different when you see a documentary where you don't really know what happened or you whatever but like even most hated man on the internet like we were there during that time i missed it completely but like i was alive and i can kind of speak to what the what the space was and so the way they talk about Jared Fogel, though, is like completely different than what I how I see this person. Like he was on TV, sure, but if I ever saw him, would I be like, "Oh my god, it's the subway guy"? I'd be like, "No, it's that guy from I don't know that white guy." That's what I would think. Anyways, so he hits on Rochelle, who is a a reporter slash you know person on the radio, and he would come down to Sarasota, Florida, and talk to kids because he was really big on on. Um, childhood obesity, he would go around to different schools and he would talk about how, you know, exercising and healthy um, eating was like the thing you needed to have, um, you know, and he would really, really, you know, he had like struck up the, everybody, the kids loved him. And they said kids would scream for him like he was Michael Jackson. And I was, that's when I was like, no, you've never heard anybody scream for Michael Jackson if you think that that's what would happen. Um, and so, he ends up meeting Rochelle's daughter because the daughter wants to meet him. And then they do something else. They like film something else later, right? And they're either at a middle school or something. There's a couch on a stage. In my mind, it's like a middle school, like auditorium. Um, and, or not auditorium, but like cafeteria slash theater space. That's what my elementary school was. Um, isn't that interesting how like all schools have like some kind of stage? <laughs> For like the kids to do like their little silly programming, and I know I did a lot of silly programming. Oh yeah, honey, all their Christmas pageants like up on the rooftop, and you have to like do all that. Like that happens, happens on a stage. Yeah. So basically, this is what happens. They're there, and then he makes a comment of like how hot he finds this age of kids to be middle middle schoolers into her ear. He breathes his like. Tricky to light breath. I mean, <laughs> yellow mustard like breath, just like all like you know, like the French roll. You know what I'm saying? Just like made from yoga mats. You know I'm saying all into her ear. <laughs> okay, this is what happens. Let me set the stage. So they're sitting on a couch on a stage, and I guess kids are maybe are about to come in, right? People are. She's got a camera crew set up. And she's sitting next to him. He's holding her hand because they've been flirting for a while at this point, right? She's uncomfortable, but I guess it's the 90s. And this is the time when women who are uncomfortable with men who have power, they don't say anything. They just kind of like deal with it because they want to get forward in life, right? So he's like, you know, touching her and like holding her hand. And then he reads over and listen in her said, and she's like, he's like, middle school girls are so hot. And she's like, I froze, I panicked. And this is where my frustration with some women comes into play. Now, I'm not saying that she should have gone to the authorities immediately because I think that her statements about not having any evidence 
or probably very true, especially if she was a woman who wanted to gain notoriety and wanted to grow in her field, if she had created um, un, um, if she had made statements that were unfounded or there was no evidence thereof, it could have ruined her. However, the fact that she just froze and sat there, I would have definitely, I, I, there's no way that I would not have been able to go, what the fuck did you just say? it's like there's no way Chris yeah I think that I I kept thinking like oh I wish that fucking mic was on mic was on at that point like I just want to be like what that's I think that I would absolutely tell someone in the moment I think I would just be like I think I would have faith in myself that like someone would listen to me I mean you know this is like I know it's not mean too but I mean I would definitely would not be able to sit on it I would just like it would eat it way at night I would I would tell everyone here's the thing I also know myself and not it's not something I'm I'm not a secret keeper you know like you know like I'm just <laughs> good to know not, yeah good to know friends good to know keeper you know like you know never try for keepers <laughs> anyway so she basically but she she's she knows that she like doesn't have anything worthwhile but she's disgusted and she now is like i'm going to try and get him to say something it's like she starts to make it her mission and that's when the producers are like yeah 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 you also thought it was also a good story and she was like i think it also came up and i thought about that and then also it was just also like this is the most disgusting thing in the whole world so I mean, she, I, I like her and she's the heroine of this, you know, and it's interesting because I want to say like, this is kind of gets into that, like, no one's perfect in the situation of like, victims aren't perfect. She's not a victim. She's just like the whistleblower, you know, when whistleblowers aren't perfect because humans aren't perfect. So if she wears her eyeshadow in a, an alarming way that is like, what's happening up there? And like, what's happening up there? You know, like, because the eyeshadow could be like, is a signal for something. And it is, is it that we can't take you seriously? But like, the truth of the matter is, you can find that out of everyone. And I mean, Jared can't be taken seriously. He does, I mean, look at his face. Look at his face. I, I have <laughs> So they, they also do like a little interview of a, a co-star, um, this lady who also lost 55, uh, 55 pounds after, you know, being inspired by Jared. And she became one of Jared's friends friends of jared for um subway and she said initially that she thought wow um you know this story is great and um so she like, jumped on the bandwagon so after this that's a separate lady now we're going back to rochelle the one who heard the infamous i think middle school girls are hot Ugh. um rochelle initially did go oh my god this is disgusting and dirty and i can't believe i let this person hug my child but also this is a great story. And how awesome would it be if I were to break that? How would I become the new Connie Chung? Would I marry Maury Povich? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what she was thinking her future was. Like she was gonna be the next Barbara Walters. Um, uh, she was a Soledad O'Brien girl. You know what I'm saying? Just like Joy Reid from MSNBC. Just like- My God, you know a lot. Just keep going. I mean, <laughs> just like- all of the like, there's a conservative woman from Fox News. I can't think of Tucker her. Carlson, honey. She's, uh, she, yeah. She's, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's just up and down. You're just like, she's everyone. She's yeah, she just, she thought this was going to take her to the next level. And so she was like, I have to get my own research. I have to have my phone, my dictaphone on me, uh, which is like, oh, girl, call it a recorder. We don't know what a dictaphone is. That's such an old way of saying it. 
I love a dictaphone. She says it once. She says it twice. I've been like three times a lady, honey. She won't, she can't stop, won't stop with a dictaphone. And I'm like addicted to that addicted phone, a dictaphone. Um, also he's like a dick and you know, she's going to get him on the phone. So like all around it, it makes me so happy. And like, I want a dictaphone, you know? Mm, a dickophone. Great. Um, so she said that once she had enough evidence, she was going to go to the authorities. So she decided that she was going to put her Carmen San Diego hat on and solve the mystery, go around the world and solve the mystery by meeting him somewhere a couple of uh, weeks later after she had got his number and was able to tie his number to like salacious conversations. And um, she went to meet him somewhere. And I don't know if she thought this man was going to beat her and tie her up and throw her in the lake or whatever but she went in there to after she had been like phone sexing him and she went to the motel and i was like subway couldn't do better than a motel girl so she went to the motel to meet him she gets inside and he's really excited to see her and she's like disgusted um but wants to get get the scoop and she puts her recorder on and she's talking to him and then he gets up and goes to the bathroom and the way that they show the shot of the person who is like like doing the re reenactment the person's like wearing chanclas and i'm like why do they have jared in like sandals anyways so that person goes into the bathroom and she just like freaks out grabs her purse leaves drives off and um you know this is a time period where there's cell phones so he calls her and he's like where'd you go and she's like oh my god i i had to go and i'm like jared if she didn't knock on the bathroom and tell you that she had to go she just, you just came out of the bathroom and the bitch was gone do not trust her, but he does. He really wants a partner in crime. I mean, I think he's just lonely and just like really, it's like, would you not be mildly offended if a pedophile, an active child molester turned to you and told you that they liked underage girls? I would feel like, why did you think you could say that to me? What vibe am I giving off? Did you think you could say that to me? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because how flirty like okay how flirty you know like was were was i just play like was i just being playful and flirty and he just took it to be like great i can tell this person everything i will tell you that there's been many times in which i have been slightly nice to a man who's then told me every horrible thing he <laughs> has happened in his life okay like <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you firsthandedly, folks, she wasn't slicely nice to them. She was like, oh, yeah. Chris does a thing where she like seems like really interested. So for her, it's slightly nice. For the rest of us, it's too much. It's too, it's too much like, yeah, she like fully puts on a thing. So I, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you, girl, that this happens to you. I, I can't even imagine it. Oh, he's really read me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was being with someone and just like sharing space with someone and just like being what I thought was like a just like a chill, friendly, friendly person. And then that chill, friendly vibe will just really let someone unhinge <laughs> themselves in front of me. Like you know, it's just, it's just, it's a gift. And so. Maybe she had that gift too, you know, like she amps it up later on when we start to hear her phone conversation. She's obviously giving, I'm into this vibe and tell me more vibe, you know, but it's not quite happening yet. Her kids are in this episode and they're kind of like, yeah, you know, like we thought, we thought our mom was cool. You know, she was just like always been traveling and always just like talking like a local celebrity. And so it's just, it's LOL that this like local celebrity kind of like, 
social in, in reporter just tasked herself with like, I mean, the scoopity scoop of a, of a unfortunate pop culture lifetime, you know? Yeah. And like, Chris, why did they even interview her son? Like what? And I don't know if, if like uh Barb meets world, you've already watched it. What was the purpose of that son? Cause I still haven't quite gotten it yet. And I'm waiting to, I'm waiting. Maybe we'll find out in episode three what the purpose of that son. Maybe it was to kind of give her some credibility as like a nice person or whatever. But then you had that like stringy haired blonde man who like loved her blonde hair and he like gave her credibility. I don't know. So anyways, so she somehow got out of him that um, he is interested in, in girls at the age of nine and 10. Um, and he said that that would be really, really hot. Cause she's on the phone with him and she's like, so like what age? And he's like, well, she's like, well, nine or 10. He's like, yeah, that'd be really hot. I don't know how you don't just like throw the phone and vomit at the same time, like projectile, like, Bleh! like when someone says that to you, she just really wanted the scoop. She says she was disgusted. And at that, uh, that point she realized that she could not handle this on her own. So she went to the FBI and I thought to myself, so did you think like what you could handle 12 and 13 on your own middle school is middle school bitch like what are you talking about what are you talking about oh my god yeah no i i wouldn't be able to handle any of it not an area of it um i know that about myself i have a very weak stomach you know i can't handle most things i know that about myself that's why i put myself in always very comfortable positions with like ease and comfort at my at whatever i can at all times to you know my detriment you know um <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> she's the queen of of r and r that's what that's crazy yeah no i would i would try to say is i would never rochelle this honey i'd be like <laughs> what absolutely fine. i would i would be obsessed with getting him uh i mean behind bars obviously because what he's doing is a disgusting nightmare i can't imagine and like with all the kids I, it's what is horrible and we listen a we're a comedy podcast that we try and be funny. This is again probably the worst trigger warning horrible thing that we've ever fucking talked about, and so we are just awkwardly tap dancing around it so that we don't get into it. But I cannot imagine Rochelle seeing children with him at all times and him like, yeah, kids, I make good choices. Like your old friend Jared, like she's watching this all the time and then sits on it like. I, yeah, like I would be, I would, my insides would be screaming out my pores. Like, you know, like my insides would come out like Ebola, honey. Like, you know, like I'd be inside out of the end. Like I, I would not be able to, I would just be like, I, I, I would think they would listen to me. Like I would go. No, they wouldn't. I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you, but my initial thought would be to tell, tell as many people as possible, tell them, tell them, because I, I have to save the children. I couldn't, I could not even wait one second. Anyway, that's the end for all for all I have to say. I mean, that's that's the end for all for all for all that I have to say as well. So um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for being here. Um, this was an accidental live on the public feed. So <laughs> uh, Barb Meets World and Natatat, you are welcome. I'm, Renee would have gotten this anyway. And whoever that fourth person is that is not commenting, the, you're welcome. Tell your friends to join us for our podcast. So Chris and I, uh, we're longtime friends who talk about reality TV and docuseries. And uh, we have a podcast and it is found any place that you listen to podcasts. It's called DocuSweeties. But if you would like to get the visuals like you did today, you lucky duck, 
Um, you can join us on patreon.com slash docusweeties. You could also socialize with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at docusweeties. Um, TikTok at docusweeties1, not two. Who put that there? We'll see. Um, but we, oh, Barb, great. Barb is on Patreon too. Yes. Okay, great. Natatat. <laughs> and the other person um we love so you we love you we love you guys thank you so much um we're gonna finish watching the other episodes and we'll get them up stat um any suggestions on podcasts or docuseries that you guys are liking that we should um watch please leave it down below we'll check it so leave it down below um also on this channel that is actually live is the teal swan documentary um recap that we did so you could check that out as well you know we like to keep it in the youtube family yeah honeys and then yeah if you have anyone if you have anything that you see on instagram that you want us to look at always feel free to like just tag us in a comment and we'll look at it you know if any like scoopy scoops or you want us to know any podcast just like leave a comment and tag us so we know um other than that thank you so much for a being part of this live it was my fault by the way my fault that i put it on public so it's me i did it I, it's me and other than that rate us five stars we love you guys so much and we'll talk to you later and um that's it Bye. Bye.